I'm Cameron Harold, the founder of the Second in Command podcast. Really quick, before we jump into today's episode, you need to know about two important ways that we can help you and your company grow. Number one, check out the COO Alliance. It's for COOs, presidents, VP ops, or whoever is your company's second in command to the CEO. The COO Alliance is the world's leading community for the second in command, and it gives COOs the tools and connections to grow themselves and the company. Head over to COOalliance.com to learn more about our members and the results, the program, and our 10x guarantee. If you qualify for membership, you can set up a complimentary call with our team to discuss if it's right for you. I'll tell you about number two in a bit, but first, let's start this week's episode. So one of the things that, that I encountered, we did a lot of personality profiling on about um, on the whole membership, the COO Alliance, with their CEOs and the COOs, and we did a personality profile using uh, the Colby profile. And their, their profiles were completely different. The CEOs were very entrepreneurial quick starts and the COOs were very high fact finders and follow throughs. So they would ask lots of questions and put lots of systems in place and they just see the world from a very different lens. You know, I, I've always said I've never had a unique idea in my life, but I can always reverse engineer dreams. You know, I've played the second in command so many times in different companies that when the entrepreneur tells me where they want to go, I'm like, oh, I get it. And by the way, let me make this happen now because they're so scattered with you know, all the ideas and they need to be, and they're high visionary. They're, they're often very bipolar and very ADD. COOs tend to be very operational and very linear and, and very much reverse engineering. Welcome to the Second in Command podcast, produced by the COO Alliance and brought to you by its founder, Cameron Harold. In the Second in Command podcast, we talk to top COOs who share the insights, strategies, and tactics that made them the chief behind the chief. And now, here's your host, Cameron Harold. I think first and foremost, it's somebody who really wants to help make the CEO iconic. You know, they, they realize that they are the yin and yang to the CEO it's about the entrepreneur's vision. It's not their own. So it's someone who truly wakes up in the morning wanting to make the CEO iconic and really wanting to help reverse engineer their dreams versus someone who's trying to get to the CEO role someday. Now, that's an interesting comment uh, for you to make because I think in my experience, there are two types of COOs. There's one that is in the vein that you're talking about that is truly views uh, herself as the partner to the chief executive and is really the operator, so to speak, almost like um, a chief of staff, right? Yeah. Uh, but at least in my world growing up in the tech industry, uh, that's not what most COOs in my experience are. Maybe it's some of the bigger tech companies, but it's sort of the hyper growth earlier stage or even mid stage or even, you know, even at a billion dollars. Most of the CFOs that I seem to see, and this is my impression, I don't have data, but it's really the CEO in waiting job. Tell me why you think that like being a COO is actually a profession as opposed to, no, no, I just hang out here. Everybody make sure I'm not an asshole. And then when the, uh, the old man kicks off, I get the prize. <laughs> well, I think, I think it was kind of like what, what makes a great C COO because I think what truly does make the great one is to know what their role is and to stick in that lane. Right versus trying to, it's like the the football player who's playing in some specialized role, and he just understands he's not supposed to play on the defensive line as well. Right, he's he's got a role, and they play it. Or like a Navy SEAL, they know exactly what their role is. And I think that's what truly makes them great. You know, Cheryl Sandberg is not out looking for a CEO role. She's clearly playing a fantastic second to to Mark. 
Do you think she views herself as a, if you will, professional COO? I think so. That would be my gut right now. I haven't asked her, but she's on my list to um, actually want to talk to a couple of COOs and kind of get some insights from them. You know, I wonder, you know, as a former CMO, my sense is CMO is a job that people aspire to, and it's a job they sort of understand early in their life or career, just like CEO, just like CFO, um, just like, you know, today, often we call them now CPOs, chief product officer, whoever, whoever runs R&D or builds the, the, the carbodingulators, you know, that's a chief engineering job. Um, these are jobs that, you know, young people can understand pretty quickly and they're jobs that get celebrated and, and have seeming career paths. But interestingly enough, isn't like a COO path really. There isn't a, I, there's no like COO training at Stanford or, or did I miss that? No, you didn't miss it. That's actually why I started the COO Alliance was there was nowhere for the second in commands to actually network and learn and mastermind together. So one of the things that, that I encountered, we did a lot of personality profiling on about um, on the whole membership, the COO Alliance with their CEOs and the COOs. And we did a personality profile using uh, the Colby profile and their, their profiles were completely different. The CEOs were very entrepreneurial quick starts and the COOs were very high fact finders and follow throughs. So they would ask lots of questions and put lots of systems in place and they just see the world from a very different lens. You know, I, I've always said I've never had a unique idea in my life, but I can always reverse engineer dreams. You know, I've played the second in command so many times in different companies that when the entrepreneur tells me where they want to go, I'm like, oh, I get it. And by the way, let me make this happen now because they're so scattered with, you know, all the ideas and they need to be and they're high visionary. They're, they're often very bipolar and very ADD. COOs tend to be very operational and very linear and, and very much reverse engineering. Are you saying to me, and I, and I view COO as a career, COO as a, as, a, um, as a role, as a job. I'm going to train for that job. It's not a holding spot for CEO. What kind of ego do you need to have to, to land there? Well, my, I'm pretty insecure. Um, I know I probably don't come off that way with confidence, but it's confidence on my content. But I, I wake up every morning still feeling like this kid from a small town in northern Ontario wondering how the fuck I got here you know, knowing I've worked hard, but I've been lucky and dots have connected. So I don't, but I, I don't even need to, I don't even need to be the CEO. I just, I want to build stuff. And I see the, I see the CEOs banging their head on the wall. I'm like, stop, let's go out the door. Like I just see the path of least resistance and it feels good to help them with that. I think, so I think that's part of it is just. I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about something. The other day, I read about a COO writing about when the going gets difficult and how they were happy to be in the CEO mastermind group that they were. It made me remember that that's why I started the COO Alliance. It's a peer group and community for COOs and seconds in command of companies doing 5 million to 250 million in revenue. Our core group meets monthly online with other companies like yours. It's amazing because you get your frame broken tons of times and when you think there's only one way to do something, and one way to feel about something, you get your perspective completely changed on a regular basis. We also host hundreds of COOs on our monthly mastermind calls and smaller groups twice a year at our in-person COO Connect events. So if you're the founder or owner of a fast-growing company, tell your COO to check it out. And if you are the COO, head on over to the COOalliance.com to learn more about becoming a member today. All right, back to the podcast.
I mean, you can do some pretty amazing things doing it too, right? And you can get paid really well doing it and you can, you know. Well, and I don't know, I don't know outside of the tech world, but people often say to me that the CMO job is the hardest job to fill in tech. And um, I get why they would say that. It's a hard job to fill for sure because the, the spec is gigantic. It sort of looks like, you know, essentially Steve Jobs is what people are looking for. <laughs> um, but the, the other one that I would think would be even harder would be COO, especially professional COO, not CEO in waiting or, or we're going to put you in the COO job and you and the CEO are going to transition over a two-year period. So not, none of that. You're a no. fucking COO. That's the, end, that's the pot at the end of the rainbow. Here's why it's hard. And Harvard wrote an article, um, Harvard Business Review wrote an article about 10 years ago called The Misunderstood Role of the COO. And they, just, they, they um, lined up seven distinct types of COOs. So you could have one who's very outward-facing, one who's inward-facing, one who's process and engineering-focused, one who's um, sales marketing, one who's product. It's really, it's the yin and yang. So whatever the CEO doesn't love or isn't good at, get the COO who's really good at it and loves that shit. You know, Brian liked IT and he liked finance. And I liked operations, execution, culture, meetings, the call center. Like I liked running the business. So we were both culturally very similar and we trusted each other implicitly. Like, so you just have to find that culture fit, but someone who loves doing all the stuff you don't. And it's so fascinating you say that, um, Cameron, because a as you're talking, I'm thinking back and, you know, I'm that outwardly facing, loud, you know, creative, strategy kind of a guy. And I'm not the ops day to day, trains run on time guy. And so um, my teams, the people who were my direct reports were always the opposite of me. Right. And it took a lot of them to contain me, if you know what I mean. And then, and then I also think about it, though, you know, as a three-time CMO who actually decided I don't want to be a CEO, um, but uh, how I tried to partner with the CEOs. And interestingly, you know, I had two CEOs who were more inwardly facing or, uh, you know, certainly more introverted and yeah. pushing them out actually took a little bit of work. And in one case, uh, at Science with Bob Howe, Bob was an extraordinary strategic thinker, probably the best one I ever knew. I mean, a, a mind that was an amazing place to hang out with or hang out in or however you want to think about it. And he was an incredible public speaker and amazingly charismatic and fuck it, fuck smart. And yet some, somehow he was so big, there was room for a, a bunch of us. And so we could have, you know, Mary Meeker, when she was still at Morgan Stanley, called the science management team Murderer's Row. You know, we could have Murderer's Row because Bob was huge, but somehow his bigness made room for other very big people, myself included. And, it was, and so it's interesting how that, how you can meet that yin and yang, even with an overlap in, in uh, capabilities or, or uh, a 180 difference in capabilities, as long as you find that way to meet. For sure. And that, that's exactly what it is. And I think that's where that personality trait of just wanting to make the CEO iconic and wanting to build the brand is more important than leveraging your own career. Your career will come, but if you, you focus on the brand first. When I go in and I do speaking events inside of big companies to teach them all of this stuff. And when they're, when they're kind of signing me up to come in and speak, they're not really sure what they're doing. They know they're supposed to, but they're not kind of sure what's coming. And all of a sudden they walk away going, fuck, we've been overcomplicating the shit out of this stuff. Like, it's just not that difficult. 
You've been listening to Second in Command, brought to you by COO Alliance founder Cameron Harold. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our other podcast streaming platforms. For more best practices from industry-leading COOs, visit COOalliance.com.